Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I have always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have near-death experiencer Stephen Chong. And Stephen fell off of a ladder, broke his neck, and he left his body and returned with not only many visions of heaven, but multiple levels of heaven as well. Something I hadn't heard on the show before. It is a very inspiring conversation. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Stephen Chong. How are you doing, Stephen? Very well. Thank you, Alex. And thank you for having me on your program. Thank you so much for waking up early. I know you're on the other side of the world uh, today. <laughs> I truly, truly appreciate you waking up. You have some coffee, so hopefully you won't doze off in the middle of the interview. So I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm all good. <laughs> no, so, fine. Thank you. So thank you for coming on the show and sharing your your story, your, your near-death experience and what happened to you on the other side. And my first question to you is, what was life like prior to your near-death experience? Alex, it's it's very interesting because life has become more vivid by virtue of what I've learned through the experience. Uh, you know, things that are, are, are not important get dropped away. And, and, and it's like, it's it's almost hard to describe. You know, the, the music and the colours of life become more intense. So, uh, and it's like you, you you get pushed and redirected to what you're meant to be doing, you know, to fulfil your purpose. That's become the ultimate part of the experience, I believe. No, so did, were you a religious man prior to your near death? Say that again. Were you religious? No. Uh, you could call me spiritual if you like, but no, no, yeah. there's, there's no religion in me, no, that I know of. <laughs> right. So you essentially were living a fairly normal, everyday life prior to your near-death experience. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And and like any good 60-year-old, I did something stupid and fell off a roof. <laughs> As our ego, listen, our mind thinks we're 20. <laughs> But our body quickly reminds us that we're not. <laughs> yeah, to be sure. <laughs> I mean, for people listening and and who are are younger than both you and I, uh, you know, sometimes I've rem- I, like, oh yeah, I could run over there and I'll, or I could jump over that, and and then all of a sudden the knees <laughs> start to ache for some reason, and the ankles uh, are like, what? Nope. Remember what happened when you were twenty two and you were playing football and your ankle got tore up? There, that it's yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. So- That's back. <laughs> <laughs> The mind is always younger than the body for, for whatever yes, reason. Yes, absolutely. So tell me what happened. So tell me what happened. Well, what, what happened, I was, you know, I was up cleaning out, as you do, you're up cleaning out the gutters. And it was a Saturday morning. And normally my wife is absent, you know, going shopping or doing things. Uh, and the ladder slipped. And if you can see behind me, you have these louver windows. So the, the ladder f- Went through all of these louvers, glass everywhere, um, and I'm and about five meters off the ground here, so I'm in a screaming heap, <laughs> calling out my wife's name. Yeah, this, uh, and I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't feel my, my body really. I thought, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble. In, I'm in trouble. But here we stand. Um, you know, the the paramedics came and and and. Yeah, you know, thanks to the gods that were there on the day, um, I'm okay. Things work. Nothing. I, I fractured my neck, but yeah, you know, uh, through the course of rehabilitation, all is all is well. So, so what? So all. when did you have your near death experience? What happened? Uh, and uh, Alex, the the experience 
became consequential of, of the accident. So during the rehabilitation, I had this, uh, the title of the book going through my head. And just to backtrack, I, I'd shut down. You know, I've, I've written five books and screenplays and things, so I'd shut down. I said, I'm not doing any more. But this title was uh, was pounding in my head, uh, you know, whilst I'm lying on the couch you know, in this rehabilitation. And I said, eventually I've given in. I said, okay, to the universe, if you want me to write this thing, you, well, I, I have no idea. I don't know. You want me to write about the afterlife? What do, what do I know? I'm not there yet. But I bought into the process and said, okay, do you want me to write it? No, I'm in. And from that point, it was like being, don't like the term, but given a superpower. I, I, as soon as I sat down to write, again, prior, I had no storyline, no characters, no nothing. It was like it was there. It was a, it was a cascade. I, I, I sat down to write and I I saw these things uh, and heard the music and saw the colours and it was like taking dictation, you know. All, all, I, all I had to do was kind of interpret what I saw uh, and therein lies the majesty of the experience because, I, as I say, previously I'd shut down and I'm, I'm not doing anymore, but it was all there waiting for me, which was the greatest gift. So then what was it? So tell us the story of the other side. Oh my goodness! Where do I start? Um, the it, it was a first-person narrative, so I'm seeing through the eyes of this character in heaven, uh, 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 and the character himself in life was a young man who was abused under the auspices of the clergy, and he was stuck in this mm, purgatory by virtue of the guilt and the shame and the anger that he felt. He was stuck there, and this is what I'm seeing. He, uh, he, he, he's, he's there and doesn't know how to get out. And, and the story evolves with the bishop of the sea who's passed, under whose insouciance this young man was abused. They come together in relationships, and by virtue of the, the forgiveness that are, they are able to show one another, they then move through the different levels of heaven. So they were, through his through this character's eyes, he was taken through the different levels of heaven. And I'm seeing and trying to interpret to the best of my abilities what this character was experiencing. So what so let's go for the ride. Where what, what happened? <laughs> well my goodness, where do I start? Um let me let me give you an the the first experience that comes to mind is the healing arena. Uh, now, this character, his name is Athar, uh, he was taken to this, if you can imagine, a huge colosseum. Uh, and in, uh, and in, the, like the, in the audience, there's all these beautiful souls, colours and music, and they're all chanting the Om sound. So there's all this beautiful spirit around. And in the middle of this arena were these lounge chairs, recliner chairs. And so I'm just, I'm just writing, seeing this and, and writing this. In, in, in to the arena, uh, escorted by these seraphim, beautiful little angels, were these de uh, dis uh, diseased, decrepit souls. Um, and they were put on these lounge chairs and then in walked this angelic beings, best to describe him. And then he he started to manipulate the energy, and in like in a magnetic ball. And from the magnetic ball, shot down this these streams of light into these souls that were reclined on the on the couches. From there. You know, once he'd finished his his work, he these souls were totally renewed. So they were, you know, whatever was their ailments were before, they were totally renewed. 
We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. But the interesting thing about that, Alex, was what I what I learned afterwards was souls uh, that are caused injury by others on earth do not bear the consequences of those actions. So that they are relieved of those burdens that are caused by others, if, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Not what they did to themselves, or not what they not if I so if I did a a bad thing to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would not. You might be suffering under the weight of that that action, but you do not suffer the consequences of mm. that action. So you were relieved of those burdens, and that was what that magnetic coral was. I understand was all about. It, it, again, uh, uh, whether you believe it or not is, is I don't know, but that's what I saw and that's what I interpreted. So let me let me ask you. So so you didn't have a, an actual near death experience in, in the way that is traditional. I wouldn't call it traditional, no, but it was certainly, a, a, I guess you'd call it a spiritually awakening experience, no doubt about that. Okay, so it, then, so, so when you when you were told about this 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 book idea, it started to come in. You were almost channeling this uh, this yeah. stuff. You got you got glimpses into the other side, at least. Uh, y- yes, I, I, I don't, Alex. The term channeling doesn't sit well with me. Sure, fair but, enough. Yeah. Um, because you know, I'm just a regular dude, you know. Um, not, I'm not a medium or anything like that. But I, I cannot deny what I experienced, and because it, it was real, and it, it was a gift, um, and I just had to write what I saw. Well, let me ask you then: Did at any point in this experience that someone explain to you, or anything explain to you, why you were the one chosen for this? No, I. I no, I can't say that. No, I don't know. No, so you should. No, but I got to tell you what was it? What's interesting? Um, probably oh, oh, three or four months after writing the book, and you know, you do all the editing and read it a hundred times. I thought I'm missing something here, and it was like a revelation. And, and so I read through the book again, probably for the hundredth <laughs> time. But what I now understand. It's not just a story and the description of what heaven is like. It describes inherent in the text are laws of heaven and earth, laws that underpin uh, how the experiences happen in heaven and consequential of our actions on earth. Uh, and I've, I've written out, I found 14 or 15, I go, far out. <laughs> So what are some of these? Some are so one of these. Some what are some of these? Uh, let me give you a couple. Let me read you one or two. Um, here's one: What you have caused to affect in your fellow man is what declares your place in heaven. Hmm. Uh, let me give you another one: The judgment of heaven is neither vindictive or eternal, but probationary and remedial. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. It t- takes a while to wrap your head around that sort of stuff. I mean, there's. I mean, the, the one we all know is what you so shall, so shall you reap. I mean, that the, the great texts tell us that, and that's mm-hmm. one of the principal ones. But I mean, there's a whole heap of others. Um, forgiveness is at the heart of our ultimate realization. Um, there's a lot more. I'm like the ball. But, yeah. So, uh, so. Where does so where does the reincarnation or people coming in and out of lives does that play into what you saw? It's a good question. The answer is no. I I didn't. I mean, I you know I've got particular beliefs, but in in the course of the text, in the course of the writing, there was no mention of reincarnation. No, but there was uh, mentions of like, souls doing going through a process and well let me ask you uh, yes go ahead uh well let me put it this way the 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 levels of heaven are experienced um uh they're an exploration so they're an evil there it's an evolutionary process so if we look at that second 
uh, uh, law, the judgment of heaven is neither vindictive or eternal, but probationary and remedial. That means that in heaven it is completely, you know, you're continuing to evolve uh, through the evolutionary process. So whether that's reincarnation, reincarnation or not, I, I don't know. So how many levels are there in heaven? I would say that I experience probably four or five um, I was taken to the nether regions. Which are what, So what are the nether regions? You, you, oh, <laughs> uh, let me try and describe this to the best of my ability. Uh, I was taken through a like a landscape that was denuded by fire. So it was, yeah, and the smell was was awful. And remember, I'm, I'm seeing and smelling and hearing all this and then taken through this immense portal. And, and, and remember, the character is guided by an angelic being, so he's not on his own. He's taken there. And what I saw were these huge vortices, vortices of power, in which these souls were entrapped. Uh, and, and standing around these vortices of power were these angelic beings. And the way it was described to me, what I saw was these souls are trapped by choice. It's not judgment. They are trapped by virtue of, uh, uh, let's call them the seven deadly sins, uh, the gluttony, the wrath, the, the lust, that sort of thing. So they are entrapped, entrapped by this choice. And these angelic beings were standing there waiting for the, the first signs of redemption. So as soon as they were able to escape from that point of choice, they were taken away to some other area. But it, 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 what was explained is that it was not God's judgment. It was choice. They were in, these souls were entrapped by choice. So that was, uh, uh, if, if that doesn't turn, knowing that if that doesn't turn one away from errant choices, I, I don't know what will. But then I was, there were, oh, I don't know. Again, I was taken to the nether regions and then to even the higher levels. Right at the end of the book, I was taken up to these, these angelic areas with grand views of, of the music and the love and the colours that were, were embedded through, through all of our lives. There is no, um, from my understanding, there is no language on the other end. There's all telepathy, all almost instant uh, knowledge. That's uh, a very good question. Yes, yes. It, it, uh, through the writing, I was, of course, there were there was a dialogue uh, as described in the book, but it was a process of thought. Yes, so thought has power. Yes, and thought enabled transportation, so the adept could transport themselves from one area to the other uh, just by the power of thought. Yes, that was in, inherent. So, and was there an overwhelming feeling of love? Oh, Alex, <laughs> yes. Let me give you an example of that. Uh, the one that comes to mind was the this Athar character was taken into a hall for children. And, and, and remember, I'm seeing through his eyes, so I'm walking into this beautiful building, and I... I can even now feel the sense of overwhelming love that was in this place. And this place was the what they call, call the hall for children. So children that have left the earth plane early are totally loved and nurtured by the divine, by the father and his angels. Um, that I can barely describe for you the love that I felt. As soon as I walked into this building, it was like a, a warm blanket on a cold day, <laughs> uh, but the love, every all children, irrespective, irrespective of whether their ties to uh, parental responsibilities are strong or whether they those ties are are, are are severed, all are loved by the father without exception. So there's so so what I'm hearing is no judgment, um, f uh, complete love. Um, that souls, 
it's cho- choice is a very big thing. Freedom, uh, free will seems to be a very uh, big thing there mm-hmm. that we choose to come down here to experience this this realm, if you will. Um, yes. To is it to to learn lessons? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Yes, I, I, I understand the world imbued with the divine purpose. You know, we we are we are a teardrop from the eye of the Father, and we all have a divine purpose to fulfil. Um, that, to me, is a is an absolute given. Well, let me ask you a question. Everything that we've been talking about so far, there's some very ba- some very broad ideas, but there's some ideas that are very leaning into Christianity and Catholicism or and th- those kind of iconic images uh, mm-hmm. of like the nether regions. And, the, and and obviously, you know, there's other, obviously other religions that talk about those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, I'm just curious for like other people who have Buddhist beliefs or other kind of beliefs that don't lean themselves into this I- iconography. Um, what did you, what is your feeling on that? Uh, it's a good question, and let me let me answer that by virtue of a very recent experience. I lost a very dear friend a couple of weeks ago, uh, and he was sorry. A, uh, uh, he, he was a very staunch Catholic, a beautiful man, and and, and he he he. You know, I challenged his systems of belief through through you know, the things that we're talking about now. But ultimately, with his passing now, I understand and, and I feel a hole in the heart through the grief of loss of my, you know, my best friend. But I know, this, even with, with the strong sense of religious Catholicism that he believed in, he is in the most beautiful of places. By virtue, not so much perhaps because of his religious, religiosity, but by virtue of what he's done for others. You know, he, he, he served his community with so much love. So with the basis of religion in his soul, but it's what, he's, what he did for the community, which was a great thing. So I, I know he's exalted in the higher levels of, of, of the heavenly tears. So it's not as much about the, the club uh, or the group that you're involved with, it's your actions and what you do. Is that what makes sense? So in other words, because there's so much devi- divisive, like my religion is better than your religion. I'm the I'm the chosen people. You poor thing, you're not chosen. You're gonna go to hell. You know these kind of <laughs> these kind of ideas that have been thrown around for for millennia at this point in the game. But I like the idea that it is not the group that you're associated with, or basically you were born into. You're born into your religion. You don't, generally speaking, unless you pick it up later in life, but you're born into the religion that you are raised with because you're born with it. You don't come in as a Catholic. You don't come in as a Jew. You don't come in as a Muslim or or, or Hindu. You are taught these ideas by your parents and society around you, but it's not about the religious group that you're in. It's about what you do for your fellow man, the service that you provide, the deeds that you do are much more, or those are the only thing that really count. But the basis of religion brought him down a certain road because there are certain ideas in Catholicism that are really good. There's a lot of dogma in there as well. Not so good. But that's the set of every religion. Am, am I? Does that make sense? Oh, oh, absolutely, Alex. I think you're absolutely right on the money with that. And let's look at that through the prism of a couple of these other laws. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, where did it go? Uh, in heaven, the emperor wears no clothes. Mm-hmm. So to me, that dis- perfectly describes what you're saying. It doesn't matter whether you're wearing the robes of a, uh, of, of, of a bishop or a pauper. You, 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 in, in heaven, you are, it's what you have done to your fellow man that causes your place in heaven, that determines your place in heaven so you know if, if i've if i've you know you could take a look at some of these world leaders now so they're uh, yeah not presidents or whatever but in when they confront themselves in in the heavenly realms they 
you, you don't wear this status as what you've done to your fellow man that caused your place in heaven. That makes that is it, it makes a lot of sense because it really doesn't at the at the end of the day, like they say, you can't you know, there's no U-Hauls attached to the uh, hearses. Uh, generally, you can't take it with you. <laughs> so <laughs> no, you it cannot. doesn't it doesn't matter how many billions of dollars you've done or any, what have you done with what you have been given? What have you done with the platforms you've been at? Or even uh, not so grandiose, what have you done in your own community? What have you done within your own family to help others in your family? Exactly. It's something about being of service, being of help. And what part does forgiveness play in the evolution? Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Let me give you another law around that. Um, where did the forgiveness one go? Forgiveness is at the heart of your ultimate realization. That, that's, I think it's a hard one to wrap your head around. Well, let, let's unpack that for a second. Say that sentence again. Forgiveness, forgiveness is at the heart of your ultimate realization. So let's use the word realization as the word I want, because that's the, that's the important word there. Forgiveness yeah. in the word realization, and you know, you know, yogis like Yogananda spoke about self-realization. And being able to re to realize who you truly are in tier that you are a part of you are God you are part of the source energy whatever that you know we call it God call it source call it whatever you want to call it mm. and is realizing that and for you cannot ascend to that level without forgiveness and without service. Yes, yes. Uh, absolutely, Alex, and that to to me was uh, inherent in in this character of Thar's progression through the heavenly realms, he would not have been able to see what he saw and taken to the places that he was taken to without him forgiving others for the things that had have happened to him. And, and also not only forgiving others, forgiving yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. I think it's. I think that's the. We're we're so much more brutal with ourselves than we are with others in many in many many ways, and oh. I think the biggest forgiveness is to forgive ourselves for mistakes or things that we perceive to be mistakes or things like that. It, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. These these things that we are we're we're so caught up with things here on this plane that at the end it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like when you're on your deathbed. Are you really going to worry about that one thing that you did when you were in high school? <laughs> really? Is yeah. that? It's, yeah. It's, yeah. But that one thing could have haunted you for 30 or 40 years. If not, you maybe your yeah. entire life because you haven't forgiven yes. yourself of something that you perceived to have done wrong. You know? Uh, absolutely. And, you know, we've been told by, by virtue of religion, we've been told so often that we are sinners. That yes. we forget that we are sacred. And therein lies another law. Let me just find that one. To, here we go. To know that you are sacred is not to see new things in you, but to see yourself as you really are. To remember. Yeah. To, to, yeah. To remember. To, to realize who you truly are. Realization yeah. of who this 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 You are not this meat, meat suit walking around. You are more... <laughs> more powerful. Jesus said these things, you know, Buddha yes. said these things. These are, these are not revolutionary ideas. Truth is truth, regardless of where it comes from. And that's the one thing I'm very, very interested about when I do this show is I realize that so many of the people that I bring on the show, very similar ideas are brought through different packaging, mm. similar ideas, because truth is truth. And you might not want to listen. You might not connect with me or you in this conversation, but you might connect with somebody else on another show. You might connect with a book. You might connect with a TV show that's giving you the same idea. You might connect with a movie that gives you that idea. But the truth is the truth, regardless. Yes, yes there you go. And interesting, Alex, I think, and I've pondered often about this distinction between, you know, we talked about near-death experiences and, and all this sort of thing, and why I was given this book in the form of story. Because what we know is that you know, when we talk about these things, people, when they're entitled to, to burdens of proof, you know, they want to know where this stuff comes from. And I've, I've pondered often why 
I was given not the message but the story. And what I understand now is is exactly what you're saying, is that when you, you know, when you hear of others' experiences in a near-death field, it, it, it's rather objective. You know, you're seeing, well, oh, that other person had the experience. Oh, isn't that amazing? Which, which it is, not denying. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. But when we read these stories, we can we delve into the levels, you know, beyond the literal, whether you believe it or not, and down into the metaphysical, where uh, you know these these laws, universal laws, are expounded. But even deeper than that, we go into the mystical, and you read a, a piece or a chapter or something, and you go, "Oh, I got that. That's mm-hmm. that's the truth. That's my truth." Uh, and thereafter, you obviously live that truth. But through the medium of story, through the eyes of this character, we are able to read and discover our own truth, which I think is the magical part of it. So, what are some other levels that you that the the character went through? Oh, uh, oh let me give you another one. <laughs> um, the abode of reunion comes to mind. And again, remember, I'm, I make no judgments on any of this. I just write what I saw. The, the abode of reunion was what I saw was this plane where the, all these souls were standing and they were in communion with other souls. And some of the souls had um, these silver cords stretching over these, the mists, the, the, the mist between heaven and earth. And I go, and I'm go. What the? What's this? And what it was explained is when, when we sleep, when we you know sit in the body sleep, we are able. The soul is able to go to this abode of reunion and meet up with loved ones that are able to to guide and give us advice. If that makes sense. So then, that soul. You know, when the when the body wakes up, you know, the soul slips back <laughs> into itself. Um, but that 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 what what I understand it was that cord, that silver cord of attachment was the love between we on earth and that soul in heaven. That was a, so if we're burdened by a something or a problem or whatever, where the soul is able to get advice from those on the other side through that that. It's so, it's so funny you say these things because these are things I've heard before. Um, in many near-death experiences, the silver cord is, uh, even in in ancient spiritual texts, they talk about a silver cord um, connecting the soul to the body. When we sleep, we're able to leave the body. Dreams are interpretation sometimes, uh, guidance for you. Um, I wish they would be more straightforward with the situation and not, <laughs> and not like, Oh, there's a dog yeah, in yeah, my yeah. bed eating ice cream. What does that mean? I, can I you mean, just tell me what the hell this is as opposed to me trying to figure out why the dog's <laughs> eating ice cream in my bed when I was a kid? Like, I don't understand these kind of, <laughs> these kind of dreams <laughs> that we get is, is fascinating um, to me. So that, that's a really interesting place. Um, well, I mean, you have to tell me a couple more because this is all fascinating to me. Uh, okay. Well, was there a life? Was there a place where life reviews happened? Oh yes, oh yes. Um, those mists I talked about. What I understand is they that that was like a purgatory. So when we pass, we pass through these mists where our life is reviewed, and it's not, you know the. God sitting on his throne saying, Oh, you are a bad, <laughs> you are a bad dude. You're looking in the mirror of reflection uh, and what you have done to cause to affect in in another. But the interesting thing of what I saw from that is that when we when the souls exit these mists, if you will, they were robed in these, and the best I could describe it is like your the aura. You carry, but there's beautiful, like some were beautiful robes in all the colors. I can, I cannot 
described to you properly. Oh, but so some souls, and you can't, Rand, you can't take this garment off. It's part of you. And some souls were coming through these mists with these beautiful colours, but others were coming through in like hessian, dark, brown things. <laughs> uh, but what these what colours designate is the pathway that you then follow. Like the Grand Master said to us, I go to prepare a house for you, like he said in John 14, the same thing. So you, the colours of the robes designate the pathway that you then follow. So if, kind of, if you're a really spiritual and good guy or person, you up you go. But there were others that would had to follow, had to follow. There was a character later in the book that tried to move up, thought these persons, you know, she was her station was higher than she thought, and she could not breach those higher levels. So it's interesting because I understand what it is. It it sounds from listening to you that there's a judgment play here, but from my under meaning someone's judging you, like you can't move forward. But it seems also that it's something that the soul itself is trying to like, okay, I have to go down to this level and and this is where I'm at right now because there's levels of evolution of the soul. Yes. But with that said, then without reincarnation, there is it's difficult to understand how you can continue to develop and evolve and go back and forth. Because if you come into one life, just one thing, and you live for one day and you go up, eh, not a lot yeah. of stuff you could do. So the concept of reincarnation, which has been talked about uh, forever, it makes a lot of sense to me if we are to believe this idea of souls evolving. So learning, if we're here to learn lessons, then why does one person have a life, literally a life of a minute or two on earth and die? Uh, and another's live for a hundred years and die, and there's everything in between. And why do we some people get born uh as a male in a place where men are strong, or a female where they're oppressed, or you're a, or a person of color in a place that you're oppressed, or vice versa, you know, or you're rich or you're poor. There's so much experience to be done down here. It's difficult to do this one time. And it's truly not fair is not the word to use, but it's not fair. You come down here the yeah, one yeah. time and life sucks. That's it. I don't get to go back down and try to figure it out. Like, you know, I want to try both sides of the of the fence. So it seems like that. Yes. Does that all make sense to you? Oh, absolutely. It does. And uh, yeah, let me repeat, though, through the course of this book, I did not experience that sense of reincarnation. I believe, you know, I hear what you're saying absolutely and totally. I believe exactly what you're saying. Let me give you a, there's a, don't ask me what part it was, but there was a portion where one of the character was in a, in, in a library, I think, and he, he was told that souls, if you so choose, can, you know, you, it, can evolve up to higher levels. You have to, you know, all the forgiveness that we talked about helps you evolve. But if the soul chooses to stay as they are, they are not, that's okay. But they are not denied the love of the Father. The Father says, I'm okay with that. I, I still love you. It's all good. But you can, by choice, evolve through the levels of heaven by virtue of you know, forgiving others and all those things we've talked about. So I, I guess that equates a bit to reincarnation. It says, if you want to go back, man, you're all good. <laughs> well, there has to be a, there, there has to be a system for the soul to work this stuff out yeah. because you can't, it can't be the one and done scenario. It makes no sense. Uh, yes. Even on a logical stand, everything else makes sense that you come back down to earth, you relive multiple lives, learn different lessons. You might've brought in some ancestral uh, karma that you got to deal with. And there's that, and you're in the, all that stuff all makes sense to evolve, to essentially become an ascended master like Jesus or Buddha or Yogananda or, 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 Rishi, or one of these, these walking um, ascended, become eventually ascended masters. And then you choose to either go to the next level, which we don't know what it is, or come stay here and help other souls evolve 
to lift. That all makes yeah. sense. But the one and done idea is very difficult for me to wrap my head around because yeah. it's the same. It's the same reason why when I was in first grade in in Catholic school and the nun told me, well, there's a heaven and hell. And if you eat pork on Friday, uh, you're going to hell. And if you kill somebody, you're going to hell. I go, that doesn't seem right. Like there's some, there's something a little off balance here. And I go, well, and then later in life, you're like, I have a kid, I have kids. Like I would never, no matter what they did, would never damn them for eternal damnation in, in, in a hellfire. <laughs> like that makes, if yeah. we wouldn't do that to our own children, what would the source energy or God do? It, it makes no, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. No, it doesn't. And I, I got to tell you, Alexa, I w- recently watched your wonderful interview with Neil Donald Walsh, oh, and he explained God. that. So, yeah, man, that, that man is an absolute master. Oh, um, I love Neil. Neil is wonderful, uh, and he walks that path. One. He walks that path. He, Neil's such an interesting, interesting person because he's he he went through a lot uh, through his life, being homeless and all of that, and. Mm. This came to him, and the way he able he's able to been able to late in life, by the way. Now he wasn't a kid when this happened, and no. and, and he was been able to put this stuff out there. He's he, he's a one. It, it's it's look. I have the best job in the world. I get to talk to people like yourselves, and 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 get exposed to ideas and thoughts and bring all these things out to the world so they can you know if they're looking for answers, maybe they find it in this conversation, maybe they find it in another conversation. I'm here to facilitate these ideas to come out into the world because they're needed yeah. now more I think than ever. Uh-huh. It's, it's kind of like the break. It's kind of the breakdown the old models of like. If you eat pork on Friday, you're done. You know, like I can't, I, I can't, I can't grasp that. You know, like that doesn't no, no, make any. It doesn't make any sense. No. That it made it might have made sense when when pork wasn't cooked properly, and people would <laughs> die back about two thousand years ago, where where this originated from, and they're like, okay, yeah, we yeah, just yeah. gotta write this in, like, don't eat pork. Uh, and now that's what that's why people yeah. don't eat pork uh, because it was a disease and there's a whole other thing. But yeah, but if you start really becoming, you know, you really go into the the spiritual text and you really start to analyze what the core messages are of almost all religions, all major religions have cores of love, of understanding, forgiveness, service, and if you take all the dogma away. Yeah, these teachers is what they were saying. So everything that you're talking about, you know, these different levels of of heaven that were different areas of heaven that you're talking about. Some I've heard before, uh, mm-hmm. but others are new to me, and I mm-hmm. cannot by any stretch say that I know all. Oh yeah, I know how heaven works. Like I, I no one can. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's 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 a quote from Athar comes to mind. Alex, he said. I'm not here to tell you what to believe. I'm here to tell you what is true. That was a that was a direct quote from this character. And whether it was channeled or not, or whether where I saw it from, or God knows where it came from. You know, the these kernels, these things with these laws that we Stephen, you there? I think the ultimate well, that's I can see. But the only thing about what we're talking about is not go. that it. Oh, you froze. You froze for. You, you froze for a second. Let's Did let's I? start. Yeah. Oh. You froze for a second. <laughs> start. Let's go back a few sentences. How did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, the the what I was saying is the the ultimate realization of the things that we're talking about is not that we understand heaven and what happens. It's how we manifest that understanding in the body now on earth so that we are you and i and many others are able to make life a better place not just for ourselves but for our children our you know our family our community our nation our world which is what you're doing um which is wonderful that's that's the ultimate realization of the knowledge that we learn about the heavenly realms i think and i think and also for people listening because believe it or not, the word God and heaven have 
they're trigger words at this point because of all you know all the issues that people have had with religious dogma over the years so you're using the word heaven as it could be the other side it could be across the veil it could be the you know whatever word you want to use god source energy love all that is there's many words these are just labels so i i want people listening not to get caught up with like oh this is just catholic propaganda i'm like nope it is not by any stretch of the imagination. It is just a different terminology that, you know, and it makes sense because you were raised Catholic and you were raised in that, in that. So that makes sense coming from the, which I, I brought up earlier in the conversation. Like it's very Christian Catholic icon, icon, uh, icon, iconographic. I can't say the word uh, icons that are being used in this description. Uh, but I want people to understand that this is the ideas behind this are not based in any religion, correct? Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely correct. No. Spiritual, yes, I guess we want to give it a term, but it's it's just you and I trying to understand life with the gifts that we've been given. That, um, the, and the other side, did you encounter any, any ascended masters? Did you encounter Jesus, Buddha, any oh. of that? Alex, yes. How could you I leave this you, out? How could you leave this I was, out? I was waiting for you to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, when when I was again, I know nothing about this. So, so I'm seeing and hearing all of this, and and I like I said before, there was no character development, no storyboard. I had no idea where the story was going. It, every time I sat, I, I had no idea where it was going. But to answer your question, every time there were, a character was introduced, um, like I would ask, what is this person's name? Straight away, I would get it, Arthur, Elijah, Samuel. They, they all came straight away. Then there was this uh, angelic being that they were introduced to that took them to the high levels. And I, I can not even begin to describe what I what I saw and I think I did quite poorly in the book if I'm self-deprecating. But when I asked what is this person's name, I got nothing. I I, I and I I remember I asked three times, what is this character's name? Nothing. <laughs> so in the book, I just called him the master. <laughs> that was the best I could do. So it, it, I couldn't even begin to say whether it's a Buddha or Jesus or probably a manifestation of all I, that I don't know. I, I know he was the master of the heavenly realms, but I, I, I cannot tell you his his name. No, he, he but he but it, but he was not a, a he wasn't source energy. He wasn't God. It was something no. else. Yes, he he was he was a. a he oversaw, I don't want to say the realms, I don't know, I couldn't even describe how far that went, but he he was an overseer, what a lousy term. Mm-hmm. <laughs> administrator. He's, mid, he's mid-management. He's mid-management is what you're saying. The prime minister or something. <laughs> I don't know. I remember distinctly three times I asked what this master's name was and i was not given it so i can't help you with that i don't know and did um did the did the character run into their his relatives or other souls that he's incarnated with or oh yes yes he 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 the character of Athar, if you remember he was abused by clergy and he was stuck in his purgatory and he got out all good but then he he met up with his mother who had a not abused him physically, but didn't really nurture him as as a fine parent. And he met up with her after she passed. Um, Just to give you a description of that, he was standing on top of a hill overlooking the mists and these souls that were coming through the the mists and they were robed in those colours I mentioned before. Now, this person, uh, his mother, walked, out and she was dressed in these hessian dark brownie colors and he he approached her or she was she tried to go up to heavenly 
levels, you know, a pathway that wasn't her own and wasn't able. And then he approached her uh, and she was quite abusive to him, but he he did his, he forgave her for what she had done to him. So he met her and it was a relief of burden for him. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. She couldn't accept that forgiveness and had to follow her own pathway. But he, by virtue of his capacity to forgive her for what she had done, uh, he was further relieved of any any incumbents, uh, you know, like the rock which he would tether. And was there any spirit guides or anything like that that he came in? Oh, with? yeah. Oh, Alex, we, um, I was taken to a uh, a school, a school for spirit guides where spirit guides were actually taught how to be spirit guides, which is kind of cool if you think about it. I mean... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and there are, again, I'm in this kind of lecture theatre, and seeing there's all these souls there, and they're being instructed by a master guide to to how to be uh, uh, um, spirit guides. That's what 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 they did, which is kind of cool. And what's interesting, what come from that is we all, without exception, have a spirit guide mm. call upon. Without exception, uh, I understand that our listening is a little bit intermittent, um, but they are always there at our beck and call. Is my understanding, and from my understanding, also there's many other uh, there's groups with us at all times: the relatives, spirit guides, angels, ascended masters, uh, all depending on what your mission is in this life. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, uh, how much how much help you need to walk the path that you're walking, essentially. Yes. Um, yes. Did you did you find on the on the other side that there was a plan to a life, a plan to a soul coming down? Meaning, like there is a re- you, you've come down. Your like your character, born to a mother who was not very supportive and abusive verbally, then is going to meet this clergyman who sexually abuses him, and like there these are lessons that this this soul needs to learn this this well this time around if we if we're going the reincarnation route but there's a plan to this whole thing it's not just like eh, see what happens <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well i hope not um right <laughs> i hope not too that would be horrific <laughs> if it were all that easy and just follow the plan we'd uh, life would be a better place i i, I hear you 100 alex i and I think you mentioned, you, I know you mentioned before that we all have a divine and specific purpose to fulfill. Uh, I, I, there, to me, there is absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, and, and to me, it, it comes back to the connection we find, we uncover with the spirit. In, in fact, it reminds me of one of the laws. Let me give you another law, law 14. Lead thou me on. What is that again? Lead thou me on. What does that mean? I can't. I don't understand the whole word, the whole uh, sentence. Say it again. Lead thou me on. Okay, explain. So to me, it, that's so profound because what it, um, it, it's, it opens up the eye to say, the Father's there. He's there with you, us, all the time. His love bounds. What we need to do is to recognise that love that's there for us on all occasions, ever. But we need to make that choice to make that connection. And, and therein lies the great issues of trust and, uh, trust and, and, and faith. But by, by opening the heart to say, here I am, big fella, <laughs> um, let's do what we need to do. And, so to be to be open and to be open enough for the guidance, for the faith that there is someone else or some you know the universe whatever you want to call it, is guiding you on a path that is for your best development, yes. whether it be a fun path, 
or a not so fun path, <laughs> it's irrelevant in the scope of the soul's evolution. For us, we have to deal with pain, suffering, happiness, joy, every gambit while we're yep. walking down this path. But at the end of the day, and I've used this this analogy so many times, but I think it's as perfect of an analogy for this as it can be as a video game. We are the characters in a video game. Our soul is the player on the other side and we keep going down levels and we keep going around the corner. Look, there's a monster there. You got to do it again, keep going. And you're learning and getting experience as you go through the game. And there is a path that is laid out for you and the soul is guiding you through that path. And sometimes the monster does surprise you and you have to (laughs) deal with it. But generally speaking, it's, there's a guidance there uh, behind behind the the curriculum. And and like what you do, you know, it, it, there's an essence of courage and we're putting ourselves out there for the universe to, Throw the odd brick bat. <laughs> well, there's no, uh, yeah, I've, I've said this on the show before. I was scared to open the show up because I had another, I have two other very popular shows in a different uh, arena. And I decided to open up this show because it was what I was, I, you know, I had to, I had to have a come to Jesus conversation for lack of a better word, you know, come to God mm-hmm. conversation and just say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to trust the process. I'm going to trust the path. Uh, I'm in your hands. And the second yep. I did that, the doors opened up and swung open and the show is uh, is doing what the show is doing right now, which is growing exponentially and finding millions of people around the world and in a very fast, fast, fast way. And uh, it's all because of faith and trust of like, okay, I'm doing, this is where I'm supposed to be. And, and I've had such a, a enjoyable time talking to, you know, guests like yourself and, diving into the deep the deepest questions of that we are challenged with as hum, as humans like you know why are we here what is the purpose of this and trying to explain this whole life in in every aspect of it whether it just be spiritual it could be financial it could be physical it could be mental it, all the things all the gambits of life so it's, you know why wouldn't i enjoy this i learned so much by just talking to people on a daily basis so it's it, I'm I'm very blessed, and then everybody else gets the benefit from these conversations as I put it out there. But yeah, it does take a sense of bravery uh, to be able to do this kind of work and put yourself out there. But in today's world, it's a lot easier than it was five years ago, ten years yeah, ago, absolutely twenty years ago. This conversation wouldn't have happened back then. So, uh, no. but I do, but I do. Um, well, I have to ask you though, when you did come out with this, I'm assuming. You came out of the closet, let's say. I'm assuming <laughs> not everybody was open to these ideas, family, friends, colleagues. Are you nuts, Stephen? What are you doing? Like, how were you? How did you deal with that? It's a very interesting question. And it, and it comes back to what, what you're talking about there is, you know, you have to, it's a sense of, sense of courage to say, okay, this is, and it's almost as if now the, the gift that I was given through this writing process, I have to say, now, this is a message whose time has come. So I'm just a message boy, you know, whether one believes, you know, whatever, I've got to stand on on my pulpit and and, and espouse what I saw uh, because I believe it's so profound and so important to do that now. Others will make a judgment on what they read and see and hear. That's all good. Um, if 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 the message that we get out or I, I get out changes one life for the better, well, I think I've done my job. And the other, whoops, I've got to stop moving around, Alex. <laughs> no worries. The other the other reality is that you know I'm sixty six in a in a month. Um, my my time on earth is limited. So if I've got a message to expound, then it needs to be done pretty quick. <laughs> I, 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 I completely understand you. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, and I've said this again, if the message that you hear in these interviews and these conversations resonate with you, great. Use that information and apply it in your life. If it doesn't, discard it and move on. Hmm. Absolutely. It's it's as simple as that. There's no there's no in between. It helps yeah. you take it. If it doesn't, move on. 
This is not for you. You may not be ready for it. You might want to find it from another source. You might need to hear it four or five or six more times from five or six different people or different places or different ideas before certain things start to germinate inside of you. And sometimes you hear an idea like this and 10 years later, it starts to grow. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? but, But it's our job to put this out there into the world and get this information out to the world and hopefully help people um, evolve and awaken oh. to their self-realization, to the realization of who they truly are, um, yeah, regardless of 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 a lot of the crap that we deal with down here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see I, uh, so, uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Just to. To, to finish off, perhaps, there was a part in the book where Athara is taken to a a, 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 a a hill and there's a great chasm uh, before him. And on the other side of this chasm is like the, I saw like the pearly gates, these beautiful heavenly gates taking him up to another level. And he, he, he looks at these gates and then looks into the chasm and goes, fire up. If I, you know, one more step and I'm, I'm, I'm in the chasm, I'll fall down. And he looks behind him and goes, oh, I can't go back there. That was too painful. So he can't go forward. He can't go back. And eventually what he understands is that he has to have faith. So he takes the step forward. And, he, he, of course, he lands on his feet. There was no chasm there after all. And he, and he moves across to the higher, the higher levels. To me, that ex- explains exactly what we're talking about. Well, that's very Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. Uh, <laughs> that he has to step over the chasm, and he's like, "I'm only a man of faith can manage." And he steps in, and, and of course, there was a bridge there. Uh, but to the <laughs> eye, it was, and so it's very Indiana Jones in that sense. Um, but I'm going to ask you a few questions, Stephen, that I ask all my friends, uh, all all my guests. Uh, what is your definition of living a good life? Fulfilling your purpose recognizing and fulfilling your purpose in life and then having the courage to step across the breach and 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 getting it done you know there's no if if i if i expand it from my own particular purpose i don't want to come back it's too hard here so (laughs) let's get it right this time so that we don't have to but that's you know my simple right, and that, and that's just you thinking about it here because you're in the middle of it. But the second you get to the other side, you're like, that was rough. But man, I got at least another three or four lives I got to go through. All right, who who else do I go down with? All right, let's see how it goes. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Look, it's just like when you're playing a video game. You're like, I don't want to go back to that level and gain more experience because it's such a pain. It's going to take a few hours of my day and bop bop bop. But I got to go if I want to keep moving forward. So it's right. Now, how do you define God? You know, I, there's a there's a a beautiful woman in my life who who is uh, happens to be my mother, and lots of people come to see her for the for the grace that she gives them, and she she answered this question uh, by saying that when she sees people coming up her driveway. She sees God. Uh, now I don't espouse to be anywhere near her, the elevation of her levels, but that's how she explained it. I mean, if I could get anywhere near that level, I'd be half happy. <laughs> and what is the ultimate purpose of life? I love at every opportunity. Love's a bridge. As the Beatles say, love is all you need. <laughs> that's about expands it doesn't expands it <laughs> and where can people find out more about you and the and the work that you're doing uh, the, uh thank you alex the, the book's not quite out to public yet not till may but if they can get onto my website www.stephenchong.com.au Stephen with a ph and they can drop me a line you know uh, ask a question or three and i'll do my best to answer and do you have any parting messages for the audience? When you when they pick up the book and read, read with their spiritual eyes, and then they will see the laws of heaven that will make 
their life a, a much more fulfilling place. Stephen, thank you so much for, for sharing your story with us and for the work that you're doing in the world to help awaken as many souls as we can on this planet. So I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, Alex. And much blessings to you too. I want to thank Stephen so much for sharing his story with all of us. I really appreciate it, Stephen. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 201. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.